Blog Talk Radio.
let me let me bring in let me bring in the, the man to round out the uh, the big three special guest host tonight. RSG affiliated, our man, our NBA expert Justin Page. What's popping, homie? Fellas, fellas, ladies and gentlemen, RSG fans worldwide. I'm happy to be here. But first, I, I, I want to to address something, if, if, if I got the floor, if y'all don't mind. You got it, man. You got it. Tonight is an anomaly. It's a first. You understand me? Uh, I want to apologize for my after-hours comments last show. Last time I was here, I misspoke, and I want the world to know that I'm not above any anybody else. Whoa, 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 wait, 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 wait. An apology from Justin Page? Wow. This is history. Mark the tape, folks. Mark the tape. If you're listening live, you about, this is this is breaking news. Continue. Breaking news, ladies and gentlemen. I, 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 I want to apologize to anybody who has the ability to discredit my my NBA intellect. Uh, I, I made a, a creature of the moment statement. I tweeted it out afterwards uh, within the 24-hour mark. So hopefully, I'm within my time my time limit. And I want to I want to uh, digress on on the uh, J.R. Smith James Harden comment. It, it, I was caught in the moment. Harden had a ten turnover game. J.R. Smith was on a tear at the moment, but since then he's proven that he can't outshoot me in the three point contest. Uh, uh, J.R. Smith, he, he, you know, I always had a saying: a tiger can't change his stripes. And J.R. Smith proved this playoff to be who we thought he was, who he's been the last decade. And I and I got caught in the moment trying to prove the game changer wrong. And I apologize to all my fans, to all the RSG fans, and to, to my co-hosts who, who who had the ability to question my basketball knowledge after my asinine comment. All right. Hey, you know what? I'm, I'm, a, I'm a, you, you owned it. That's all I can say. You, you owned it. I mean, we all have, we all have those moments, man. I, I, the fellas always get me because I, I, I'm a Greg Oden fan. I mean, what can I say? He ain't, we all saw he ain't, that brother ain't my, ain't about too much in the league. Nicest guy, nicest guy in the world seems like, but, uh, yeah, not the best basketball. That, well, his knees suck. So, we all have our moments where we get caught. That's right. You know, it, it's great that you can reflect, have a grown man moment and own it. That's what this, that's what this, that's what this brand is about. That's what this show is about. You know what I mean? We're all grown men. Grown men make mistakes. We say crazy stuff from time to time. You know, we get caught up in a, caught up in the moment, caught up in the hype. Uh, but you owned it, so it is what it is. You know, I'm, 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 I was in the role, you know. I don't know about I, will. I just want to, no excuses, but it was a little late on the East Coast. I had a Jimmy Butler moment. I was playing 48 minutes, and I wasn't quite used to it like I, like I was in the past. Jimmy <laughs> 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 Butler, Garden LeBron. Jimmy Butler moment. <laughs> Well, yo, as long as you can own it, you re- you 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 owned up for it, you recognize it. That's all we ask. So you're listening to the Real Sports Guys, Real Sports Guys Radio, brought to you by Resistance Digital. Check out my man LR ResistanceDigital.com. Resistance Digital Solutions. They'll hook you up with all your digital needs at a very low price. Make sure you check them out. Get all your tech needs met. Get your tech game up and get right. With your uh, with your technology, D. Wills is using technology right now from some some, uh, some of that resistance digital. Uh, 
you know, they, they hook right. us up around here, keep us keep us on the cutting edge, uh, keep us right where we need to be as far as our, our, our tech game here around RSG. Now, we're going to get into a portion of the show we call the intro to let them know. This is where we give you a quick rundown of some of the topics we'd like to hit tonight. And we play it fast and loose around here, so we might get to some of this, and we might not. But either way, we're going to have a slamming show, so just sit back and relax. Uh, first off, we're going to hit you with some NBA talk. Uh, we got four in the house. We're going to put you in the square. Each of us is going to drop four corners. We're going to hit you with four predictions and thoughts from all of the four series. So we're going to give you that. Talking the NBA playoffs, taking you through what's going on, giving you kind of land, land, RSG style. Then we're going to talk in the funky editorial. We're going to get into Tiger Woods. Uh, got into it with Sergio Garcia. Won the Players' Championship at Sawgrass this weekend. Tiger seems to be creeping, creeping and creeping and creeping. You know, is he back, though? Is he back? We're going to have to get into that. Talk about who's his biggest competition. And, uh, you know, how many majors will he win this year? Then we're going to hit you with some NFL draft talk. Now, it's been a minute since the draft. We've had a second to let it marinate. We're going to jump in and give you the RSG perspective on who did what well and who went way left in the draft. So, with no further ado, let me bring in the fellas. And we're just going to jump right in and talk to, talk about the NBA playoffs. Now, the playoffs are on full swing. The Pacers look like they take care of business against the Knicks tonight. That series is going to go 3-1. Miami and Chicago and also in the East is 3-1. So first, fellas, I want to hit the East, and Justin and I were talking off air. He's a big-time Mellow fan. He kind of was riding for the Knicks to to make a run this year. Um, You've been following this team, Justin. What's your assessment of of what's gone wrong with the Knicks and and has them in this 3-1 deficit against the Indiana Pacers? Well, let me clear my throat because I'm flabbergasted at what I'm seeing from the Knicks right now. They, again, we talked about this pregame, and I'll go back to it. A Tiger can't change his stripes. The Knicks don't defend well. They haven't over the past decade. And bringing in a superstar like Melo, a bad need Amari like he, like he is at the price that they paid for him, defense clearly wasn't going to be their strong suit. So they're going to struggle against teams like Miami, teams like Indiana, teams like they're struggling against at the moment. But I thought this year they 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 clicked. Something went off. Coach Woody, who used to be an Atlanta man, who I know very well and who I appreciate and respect for the game of basketball, I feel like he he, he clicked with with New York this season. I feel like I had higher expectations for them. They were the number two overall seed. And it just seems like they're getting outmanned by the New York Knicks. It feels like they're playing nothing but iso ball. They can't move the basketball from side to side. You know, whether it's Carmelo, whether it's Jr., whether it's, it's broke as a joke, Felton, who, who just happened to be – oh, my God, don't even get me started on Raymond Felton's performance this evening and throughout the entire playoffs. <laughs> No, let's get started on Raymond Felton. What's up with Raymond? What's wrong? Everybody loves Raymond. <laughs> I don't. 
Get a blind side of a barn door. I mean, this guy, man, pick and roll. They they going under the pick every time because they know he's self-checked. For y'all that don't know, Devon is there. He's in the wonderful mitten, Michigan, as we call it. We we call guys who can't shoot self-checked. That's Raven right. is self-checked. Melo has no help. The bad part about this series is Melo's going to get the rap for his dismal record in the playoffs when his shots are down the last two games. His field goal percentage is solid. Cats around him, Tyson Chandler's having career lows. Felton's having career lows. J.R. Smith, he, he looked like me out there. Uh, I mean, I'm just saying, he has no help, and he's going to take the brunt of this, 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 this defeat that he's taken by the tougher, more veteran, more more uh, uh, well-coached season team that is the Indiana Pacers. So while I, I I had my money on Indiana in the beginning, but given that my favorite player in the league right now is Melo, I just hoped and wished for more from that young man. And I just feel for him because he gave it his all and he didn't have any help around him. Just my yeah. Just my well. well well, you know, this roster, I mean, this is the Knicks, this Knicks roster has been a roster that's been, you know, in flux for the last couple of years, and it seemed like they had finally put it together. You know, they did put up 50 victories, as, as Justin pointed out earlier. You know, he and I were talking off air. You know, he's like, this is a 50-win team. And you're right, it is. It's a 50-win team. Um, but it was a lot of smoke and mirrors, in my opinion. I kind of never bought into the Knicks. And the reason I never bought into the Knicks is because they lived and died by the trade. And we all that's know right. You know, if you've played any basketball, you know threes don't hit when your legs go. Once your legs is gone, you know, everybody's fresh early in the game, and those threes are popping. Shots are going in. Guys are feeling good. But by the fourth quarter, those teams that live and die by that three-pointer, if you don't have the conditioning, you know, it's tough to continue to make those shots. And as you saw during the season, the Knicks ebbed and flowed with that shot, with that three-point shot in particular. Um, there were times where they were on point. They were fresh. They were rested. Threes went down. And then they had some lulls during the season where guys were tired. It was an older roster. Cats needed rest. The threes weren't going. In a playoff series, those shots aren't going to go all the time because it's a battle every night. And that's why I just couldn't invest in the Knicks in a seven-game, winning a seven-game series against a quality team. You know, again, they play, the, they play the Pacers during the regular season just like they play the Bobcats. So, you know, there's wins to be had if you're a better team, and they have more talent. I want to throw this out to D. Wills. You know, Justin talked about Melo and how he's going to take the blame for the failures uh, of the Knicks. Where, Melo's in, a, in year 10. Where, what do we make of, the, make of the trajectory that he's on as far as his career? What needs to happen for him to kind of get in a position where he can compete at a high level? Because, again, remember, Melo came in supposed to, supposing to be presented as LeBron's rival. Now, that rivalry has been very one-sided um, to this point. So what does Melo need to do to get back to a place where he can challenge LeBron in the East? Um, otherwise, he may be looking at finishing up his career um, in that Barkley, Miller, Reggie Miller, uh, Patrick Ewing category. With no titles. Well, uh, there's a couple things here. I mean, the one thing is that 
Melo views success through an offensive lens. LeBron views success through a basketball lens. Give you an example. His goal for next year was to shoot 90% from the free throw line. He's already working on that right now. And one of the things, Melo is, he's been mellow since his rookie year. He always could score. Nobody's ever going to question that. But his leadership in the other areas is very important. And so when Chandler was talking about, you know, our breaking, because in the playoffs, you have to get stops. And so when Chandler's talking about missing our defensive assignments, being focused there, I don't know how much a mellow, he's gotten better this year, but I don't know how much he's committed those other aspects of his game, and I think that's where he's going to grow. Because they, they, you're right, they haven't given him much help. The other thing is, I can't give the coach a pass, and I love him. He's one of my favorite coaches. I think he did an excellent job this year. But one of the consistent patterns I've seen between Atlanta and and now in New York is that his teams don't have an offensive identity. In Atlanta, it was an ISO game. It was the same type of game, and so there was no continuity. I felt like he waited too long to put in people like Copeland and Novak, folks who could space the floor a little bit uh, for for Melo, you know, because he already wasn't getting out of Jr. when he got out of Jr. Jr. is like he's like the poor man's version of Mad Max. He gonna give you something, he may give you not. The only thing about Mad Max is that he give you to you on both ends. He might headbutt you. He gonna try to give you something if he can't give you a three. Jr. is not gonna get it. So you see, he's struggling. I like the addition of putting. K. Martin the lineup today to make them a little bit stronger. The, the other thing that they got, and y'all hit it on this, and you know, and I, I actually like him, Felton, but you're right. They don't have somebody because J. Kidd is too old. They don't have somebody in the backcourt who commands, you know, the role. You know what I'm saying? Who can when when Melo is doing too much, they strong enough to get the ball elsewhere. And they need an upgrade there at the point guard. I like Felton, but he's not a strong enough personality at the point to get the ball to other places when they need to get there. And that's something they got to work on. But but they've got to work on more continuity offense because that style that they won in the regular season doesn't play in the playoffs. Threes don't fall. They they made a lot of shots with the 24-second clock going down. That stuff don't fall in the playoffs. When a team is playing you four or five straight games and they already know your pattern. Uh, and you you made some good points, D. Wills. They, they need they need a creator. They need somebody else who can create shots. Right now, the whole game is iso mellow and and get out of the way. Um, they don't have you know any post options. And you know Amare on his you know his knees are, are raggedy. Um, yeah. They don't seem to be improving. So I mean it. it where, what's next? I mean, it, it, do they make a run for CP3? I mean, they're the cap strapped. So is this it? I mean, is this what it's going to look like out there? Well, well I let me chime in with Melo. Mello. Yeah, oh my. Because I, like I like where D. Wills was going with that. But I would say, and again, call me the contrarian like you guys always have. I would say that for, your question was what can Melo do to rival LeBron, correct? Yeah, that was I'll take that as a question. I think what he needs to do is become a sucker like LeBron, and he needs to 
to, to coerce with CP3 and Dwight Howard this offseason and find a way to team up with those three and, and, and come up, create a powerhouse three like LeBron did with him, D-Way, and Chris Bosh. And I think then we'll, have a, we'll, we'll be able to see truly how dominant one player can be. I think but, that but LeBron, he, is, he, as he, yes, he's great, but it was a sucker move to team up with D-Wade and Chris Bosh. So if you give mellow quality players like Chris Paul and Dwight Howard, who are both unrestricted free agents this year, I think that you'll see a, a, a considerable change in this man's game, one, because he won't have to do it all. He'll have a floor general. He'll have a big man to back him up. And I think that, you know, the defensive efforts you see them step up in this year will only escalate with that type of, of, of defensive prowess around him, and I think that they could compete at the highest level. But we got we got to we got to also recall that LeBron, even before he went, when he was in Cleveland, took his team to the finals, and took it deep in the playoffs. Uh, when uh, before that, so LeBron, even before, yes, he got over top when he went to Miami, but he had demonstrated that he could take his team deep even before he teamed up with those guys. Melo went to Mello the conference finals that. just the same in a tougher Western Conference. Melo hasn't had that those bigger runs through the playoffs. He went to the Western Conference. With better, with, with, with better teams. Mellow's, yeah, you can argue that Mellow's squads were better than, than uh, LeBron's. Bruh, LeBron was playing against Eric Snow. He was playing against Nazir Muhammad. Mellow was but, going to be in the first issue, round. He was going to get issues in the first against the MVP Steve Nash. I mean, the guy was playing in a better conference. But, but Mellow's, you, you missed the point. His value is when he's scoring. If he ain't scoring, his value's not there. Melo took a 19-win Denver team to 50 wins the following year. Mello, so if you evaluate Melo's game, where would you say he need to expand? You say he don't have no more growth? Everybody can grow. I think he could, he could defend better. I think he could assist more. But he doesn't is have Melo a leader. I don't feel he has the talent around him to do so. Is Melo ask him to score? Let me jump in for a second. Let me jump in here for a second. This is what I think it is with Melo, is that Melo has to – I think Melo is one of the most gifted scorers the league has ever seen. But Melo has to learn how to impact the game beyond just the point, just, just, just filling it up. When Melo's cold, when Melo can't score, uh, he's, not, he's not as effective. He doesn't have an impact on the game otherwise. And that's why I think he needs other teammates – and to Justin's point, I think he needs to get somebody else there. I don't think he's a t- he's not the type of cat that can carry a squad by himself. He's not a five-tool guy who's going to go out there and give you a little bit of every, everything. He's going to give you some rebounds. He's going to give you some assists. He's going to play some D. You know, he's going to D up a guy. He's going to get you some – he's just not that kind of guy. He's going to score. And so you need ancillary parts around him that are going to be able to do the other stuff that he doesn't do. He's a lot like AI in that sense. When Iverson was with the Sixers, when they had success, it was when they had Matumbo, they had the George Lynches, they had the Tyrone Hills, they had the Eric Snows, guys who did all of the stuff that Iverson didn't do, and they didn't need shots. So AI could really focus on being AI and doing his thing as far as scoring, but then these other guys picked up some of the slack for AI. They were solid guys. They were going to be in the right spots at all times. I think right now Melo needs to find 
the Knicks need to find some guys who can fit around Melo, the right kind of guys to fit around Melo, who can do some of that stuff. They need some of these uh, – a cat like uh, – I'm trying to think of somebody offhand, but uh, just a multidimensional kind of player, a player who can do multiple things on the court. Um, Chris Paul. You don't need to call plays for him. Yeah, Chris Paul, but I, I don't think they can get a Chris Paul. See, that's the thing. They have to be a little bit more creative than that, and they're going to have to find guys on the cheap. And that's what I'm trying to think of right now, guys who can play that role, who are cheap, inexpensive, because you can't. You're paying Amare um, $20 million to come off the bench a year. You're paying Carmelo a bunch of money. You're paying Tyson Chandler a bunch of money. Unless you can find some suckers to take these cats off your hands, they're not in the market for CP3. They're not in the market for Dwight Howard. That's the reality of the situation in New York, and it's going to get real ugly for Melo in a minute because he's going to take all of the blame, and I don't feel sorry for him because you wanted to go to New York, and that, that's that's the part of being in New York. You either put up or they're going to ride you. If you put up, they make you a legend. If you don't put up, they're going to ride you. They're going to ride you out of town. And so Melo's got a, got a firestorm coming this off season, um, and it's going to be a long off season in, in NYC for uh, Melo and the, and the Knicks. Now, I want to yeah, transition. Let me say one quick thing. Let me say one quick thing. I mean, Melo needs stat lines. He, he, I agree with you, everything you said. He's got to have that. But look at Paul George's stat line. 18 points, 14 rebounds, 7 assists, 2 steals, 2 block shots. That's doing it on both ends. From a guy you're still evaluating. I'm still evaluating. But (laughs) what I'm saying is, this is where this is where Melo can. I I think he has the ability to grow in these areas because even if he has talent around him, and I know we're going to transition, he has to be willing to give it up, right? He can't be like the other night. You had you had uh, uh, Felton was going off, and they just went away from him. You got to share the shine if you want to win. Man, I'd amnesty, I'd amnesty Amari Stoudemire, get his salary off the off the cap books. I think they I'd already trade. used their amnesty. I think they already used it. Not I think they already used their amnesty. On who? I'm trying to think. I think they used it. I think they got rid yeah, of some a bad some one bad con some bad contract they yeah. got rid of. They they just check. Y'all keep talking. I'm gonna I'm look it up. I believe they they need to use their amnesty on Amari Stoudemire, get rid of his cap, which is twenty million freed up. I believe they could deal with uh, uh, trading Felton, possibly Shumpert, and the overrated Tyson Chandler, and get key guys like Chris Paul, possibly a Dwight Howard, so on and so forth. They can improve that roster and give Melo the type of guys that can make. Melo and the Knicks successful. I just don't think that Donnie Walsh and the and the New York Knicks have the wherewithal to do so, given their history on hiring guys like Isaiah Thomas, giving max contracts to Steph Marbury, Zach Randolph at the time when he was immature, and all the other bad contracts that they that they did. You know, the decision to let Nate Robinson go, and when you see what what kind of impact he can have on games, the Knicks front office is a mess. And it starts there. It starts there. The amnesty Chauncey. The amnesty Chauncey. Yeah, that's what I thought. I thought it was Chauncey. I was about to say that. Yeah, it was yeah. Billups. So they don't have an am- they don't have the amnesty clause anymore. They used it 
and that, that's my big thing. I agree. They need. They need. Melo needs help. He needs help. I I I wholeheartedly agree with you. It's just not coming. And and that's the that's the the help has got to have a strong personality. You know, it's not only just help. He needs somebody who's coming in and got a strong personality to tell him things he needs to know. He needs somebody like that with a little dog in him. Yeah, so I mean, it's gonna get like I said, it's gonna be it's gonna be some dark days coming up in NYC. Um, Knicks fans, you know, Lala's not gonna be out for cover. I don't think Melo should be blamed for it though. Yeah, that's my. He will be though. I mean, he will be though. He might not. He might. It's probably not his fault. It's never just one guy's fault. You win as a team, you lose as a team. But it is what it is, man. We know that's the nature of the beast. So speaking of beast. And speaking of guys getting blamed, you know, I've been I've been going back and forth. You know, I'm back on Facebook. I've been I've been on I've been on a sabbatical for a minute from Facebook. I jumped back on this week and I, I immediately got into it with some Bulls fans. Because um, you know, Brandon Roy got released by the Minnesota Timberwolves this week. 28 years old, out of the league. I think largely in part, he came back way too soon from a knee injury. Now his knees were bad to begin with. But he hurt his knee really bad, came back and played in the playoffs anyway. The organization let him go out and play, and he really, at that point, really just put a death nail in his career. Um, Now, his career may have been cut short anyway because, again, his knees were were bad prior to. But my point was, and I I said, you know, Bulls fans need to back off of Derrick Rose. You know, they need to just pull back and, and let that brother get well. You know, and there are a lot of different perspectives. There are a lot of different perspectives. There are a lot of different perspectives people threw out at Even Even Shepard, if you talk about it, they're trying to cover it up. You see his knees is hurting. And the thing about him is that he's not a major player. That's what I, that's what I, and somebody threw that out. Well, what about Iman Shumper? He's mentally tough. He can handle it. You know, they're questioning Rose's mental toughness. And my thing is, nobody's asking Iman Shumper to come out and score 30, 30, to 25 points a night, get five rebounds and six to seven assists a night. Nobody's asking him to do that. And if you were, if you were asking Rose to do that, Rose would be playing. But Y'all kidding is, me, right? The thing is, is that, you know. I mean, you're kidding me. Are we kidding? About what? His please, game is explosiveness. Sit him down. Please tell, him, tell me that you're kidding me, right? I'm not. And let me finish. I'm not kidding you. And I'm 100% let the boy heal. Because, one, heal. with him, you ain't beating the heat. Let the boy get his mind right. Whatever's wrong with him, he's not ready to play. Whether it's mental or physical, recovery is both. All right? When you talk about recovery, it's both. It's a mental process and it's a physical process. Whether he's physically ready, he's not mentally ready. And if he ain't mentally ready, step off. Because you need this cat to be MVP Derrick Rose. And if he can't be that, y'all ain't going nowhere. The Bulls ain't going nowhere. They're not beating the Heat with him. If he played today... He'd be 70 80%, and they still wouldn't beat the Heat. What does that prove? So that was my question to Bulls fans. What do y'all want? At the end of and the day, what do y'all want do. from him? What do y'all want from him? Because if he plays. Right there with Grant Hill. Right. If he plays, what is he going to give you? Is he, is he putting you over the top? If he's not putting you over the top, it's about winning titles. As, I, as I ended, I've ended every right. Facebook post with, it's chess, not checkers. All right? If you want to just go out there and be able to root for Derrick Rose, great. Do that. 
But is Derrick Rose having a, a, a Derrick Rose that isn't ready to beat Derrick Rose? Come on. What is he going to give you? That's a, that, that, and I'm dead serious, Justin. If you got a rebuttal, go ahead, brother. Your, I'm, your I'm flow. About to. And I'm going to take you back right now. I'm going to take you back right now because I I, this is fresh on my mind. I, I was just watching uh, uh, on TV. My mother gave me the, the first episode of the Cosby Show, the first uh, uh, series of the Cosby Show on DVD, right? And I think episode three of the first season, Theo gave uh, a brilliant speech to Cliff Huxtable about, I just want to be a regular person. You're a doctor. Mom's a lawyer. I Maybe I was just born to be a regular person. It was heartfelt. The audience applauded. It made all the sense in the world, kind of like your speech on Derrick Rose. And you thought Cliff was going to come back and he was going to say something that, 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 that just, you know, a good dad would say. You know what Cliff said to him? He said, Theo, that's the dumbest thing I ever heard. And guess what, Game Changer? That's the dumbest thing I ever heard. Derrick Rose needs to be on the court. This guy was medically cleared damn near three months ago. Okay? Guys came back from the same injury between six and nine months. He's taken over. He's taken more than 100 days longer than everybody else. The Chicago Bulls, without Derrick Rose, split the season two games to two against the Miami Heat. They beat them in Miami game one of this series. You got guys like Luel Ding that, 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 that are having spinal injuries and injuries that are career-threatening and that want to get out there and play. You got Joakim Noah playing with plantar fasciitis, which is the same illness, chronic uh, injury that kept Paul Gasol out for damn near two months this year. You got guys giving their all. And Kevin Durant says it best. When Westbrook went out, he said, I can't be down. He said, I need, my team looks at me to be the leader. And so if I get down, my team's going to get down. You don't think that Derrick Rose not playing has an effect on other guys not playing? Derrick Rose is being the quintessential P-U-S-S-Y. I would have said it, but I'm on radio and live air, and I want to be appropriate. Derrick Rose is letting his brother dictate his career, his brother and Adidas, by telling him, don't come back till you're healthy. You know why Derrick Rose is probably really not coming back? Because he's scared to death of what happened to him last time he played in Miami when LeBron locked him up. Think about what, what what would happen if Derrick Rose just came with it and, and gave LeBron and the Heat the business uh, uh, this series and, and helped at least just tie it up. He could have helped came back game four, tied it up two to two. Instead, he sat there and applauded while his team got demolished. Derrick Rose needs to be traded because I wouldn't respect him in the shy any further. He needs to go to L.A., play with Dwight Howard, put Kobe on the Bulls and see what they do. D. Rose will never get any respect in this league anymore. He's a sucker. He need to get out there and play. He's medically cleared. Forget that mental stuff. The mental stuff comes when you play ball. D. Rose is a sucker. That stuff that fans say. Exactly. Exactly. That's stuff that that's fans That's what the dude sitting, in the, sitting at home That's says. stuff that Twitter folks say. 
Exactly. Talk to Bernard King. Talk to Grant Hill. The list goes on. This is Penny not Hardaway. Issue. Tracy this McGrady. Is this is an issue of the Chicago Bulls. Steve Francis. What the Chicago Bulls should have done is they locking him down. This is a leadership issue in their organization. Greg Oden. This is a Derrick Rose issue. Sam Bowie. I could keep going. None of those guys were MVPs. Derrick Rose will never be the MVP caliber again. Derrick Rose will never be the same. Yeah, if he player. came back this year, he surely was going to do it. I bet exactly. You listen, listen. Again, Justin, Justin, my man, it is chess, not checkers. They ain't beating the Heat this year. They ain't They're beating not the Heat beating this him year. They're not beating them So what's the difference? He shouldn't play again and, in his and, career? Nah, nah, nah. Listen, listen. This is this is it right here, man. This is it. Like, you, you're drinking that fan juice. You got to step back for a second, all right? Again, nah, the bro, recovery I'm process I'm is wrong, not I'm, a game. Oh, if, I'm if, if you're real, then you know the game is 10% physical, 90% mental. And if he's not mentally ready, he's not ready. That's the thing. That's the uh, thing that fans and people that ain't played the game don't understand. If your mind ain't right, you ain't ready to play. The other piece is that Derrick Rose knows who Derrick Rose is. Because why is your mind not right then? Because you why know why his mind is right. right. Because he doesn't – Because he's not enough money to have your mind right? right now, and right now, you know this game – his game is all his body. His game is all athleticism right now. He's a decent shooter. He's a decent passer. This kid gets by on his athleticism. If his athleticism isn't elite, if he doesn't believe it, he's not going to be effective. He's just not. His game isn't all of that. He knows that. This is the first time I've said this on, on live rate. May y'all listen to, to Watch your language. Much. I lost the main too much, man. Y'all need to keep it real. Game change. I know you used to play ball, man. If you was, if you was, if you were medically clear and you were healthy, you'll play ball, and you'll let your game get you mentally ready. I know I would. Yes, that, that I would a, play ball. I would a, play ball. I had a different skill set though. That's man. what I'm telling you. I had mm-hmm. a different skill set though. The way Howard played through. Through a shoulder injury. And look what it did to his rep. Ain't nobody rewarding Dwight Howard for that. Ain't nobody you giving him props for that. He's going to get a max contract. Man, Brooke Lopez got a max contract. Come on. Roy Hibbert got a max contract. Just max saying, contract ain't, ain't nobody nothing. rewarding him for that. They about to give him a max contract. No, why? Where's, where's Dwight Howard's image right now? How do people do, – do people even – people debate out loud, loudly, whether he's even the best center in the league. Right now, because because of the way he looked this season, they talk about Brook Lopez. They talk about Brook. They talk about seven rebound a game. Brook Lopez as the best player in the league. Is you for real? That's hard. Is you for real? Is you for real? That's hard. I know that you got you got a gripe. Right, but understand that. And what I'm saying, I I don't have a gripe against Dwight. What I'm saying is, even if Dwight, even if Dwight gives you seventeen to twelve, because of the way he looked doing it, because he didn't look like Dwight doing it, people still knock him. That's what I'm saying. People will find the reason even to go for Brook Lopez and, and say Brook Lopez is better. Are you for real? Brook Lopez is not better than Dwight Howard. We know this. I don't like Dwight Howard. I don't like Dwight Howard, but I will not say Brook Lopez is better than him. But people are saying that. Why? Because Dwight played injured. People really don't care at the end of the day. You either get it done or you don't. They're not going to give you no props if you're injured. You're out there. And that's what's going to happen with Rose. If he's out there, the Bulls fans is going to expect 27-6. He can't give him that. He's not going. 
Mark, even if he gives them twenty seven six, they're not beating the Heat. They're not beating the Heat next year. It, 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 but like you're right, you're right. right. They're not. It's the difference between this year and next year. You're not getting past the heat anyway. At least show your team that you you got their back. At least put the team on your on your shoulders as a superstar and own it. You know his own own it. And you know I've been in a locker room. You know what his teammates told him? We got you. You do what you need to do. You get right. We gonna cover this. Don't rush yourself back. We can. That's what teams do. They not his teammates aren't saying we need you, Derek. We need you, Derek. If they was, I'd be questioning them. They're like telling his teammates, they're telling their partners at home. His teammates ain't thinking about him right now. They 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 say we got this. If they're ballers, if they right. real, they talking they about we got this. this. We got this. You're right, homie. You're right, homie. You're right, homie. You're right, homie. That's what they saying. That's what they saying. If they if they the RSG kind of cast, they saying we got you, dog. You get right. Don't let the media push you back. Don't let the fans push you back. We're handling your business. We got They're not handling hey, nothing. Hey. They're getting they, 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 they behinds mollywhopped. And it's D-Rose. But they're going out. out. They're going, going, out, they, they going out on their own terms. And they're not waiting on some savior. And, and, and look, can I, can and, I, can if I Michael Jordan would have been Fella. the savior. LeBron Fella. James would be the savior. Carmelo Anthony would be the savior. They at least try. This cat not even trying, man. Come on. We're not even talking about practice here. We're talking about real games. We're talking about real – we're talking about the playoffs. Let me let me jump in. I'm going to say this. Mark the tape. He's going to finish in the top three in MVP vote next year. <laughs> Mark the tape. All y'all talking so. that junk, Mark the tape. Well, yeah, trade right. him to L.A. Be stupid. Yeah, my boy. Chicago. Trade him to L.A. Trade him. I'll trade him in a heartbeat. I wouldn't want him All on my right. squad no more. I'm right. tears knowing I got the heart that I got. And you have about 20 wins next year. Good no, you you uh, kidding me. Team, they, won they won more than 50 games without him this year. Okay, see if they can do it again. Why wouldn't because they be Indiana able to? Indiana coming, Detroit coming, Milwaukee coming, Cleveland coming. Hey. The window's closing. You you get off that home cooking, bro. Detroit can't can't beat me and my four keep, partners. Keep, 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 my keep, kid coaches. Going. All right, six years old. You. Everything you said about D Rose, I'm, I'm, I might make some clips. Every time you come on the air, we're gonna play a D Rose clip. <laughs> D Rose hit 25 and 17 today. Story don't get it twisted. I like D Rose <laughs> pre knee. Now don't back up now. You said trading. No, I would trade him. I would trade him because I would feel like he he doesn't have. I, I feel like he, he's disrespecting the organization right now. Everybody else is healthy. People in the organization aren't out of shape about this. Yeah, what's not to be bent out of shape? That guy's giving an all for this team, and this guy is completely healthy. And, and so has he. They're they're right. He's getting paid the because most money on the team. For the time Rose has been in the league, he's given his all. But he hasn't this whole year. He got hurt. He over a hundred days. The guys, was, you got the, the roughest. by 14 or so. It was, no, they will. The roughest sport in American history is football. Uh, Adrian Peterson came back from the same injury in less than nine months and put up career numbers. Guys that got hurt on the same day, Iman Shepard and Ru- Ricky Rubio, put up quality numbers and they got injured on the same day, and they're back playing and helping their team. D. Rose is taking the 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 suspect. My brother says and I should play. And you see, he's got ice on his knee, and Rubio probably out the league in two three years. 
You got to be kidding me. And, and Rose will still be going. Is that what we call that? What, what's that bold prediction we call it? <laughs> You're predicting Rubio's going to be next uh, Rubio, Rubio, Rubio don't, Rubio don't live by quickness. You're not using your basketball mind right here, dog. Rubio doesn't yeah, need quickness. Rubio has just as many Adidas commercials as D Rose, and they're damn near cooler than D Rose's. Ricky Rubio's gonna be along. He's gonna be along for the ride as long as Adidas wants him to. They be. don't play about the rim. And if D Rose right. keeps That's acting what I'm like the like, girl that he's he he's not gonna have any more Adidas deals, and Chicago's gonna ship him off to somewhere where he doesn't want to be. And D Rose and the Send him in Milwaukee. I can watch him. I get season tickets today. You're the only one. You're the only okay, one. Jay, oh, Jay. no, no, no. No, no. I'm not, I won't be let's the only move. one. <laughs> let's move on, Gary Chase. Yeah, move, yeah. Let's, let's move let's, on let's, to the next let's, let's move on. Let let, let's, talk about, let's talk about this. On the fact of injuries, and the impact of injuries on the playoffs, we got Oklahoma City uh, down to Memphis. Um, you know, we talked we, we, last week, you know, or two weeks ago, we, t- we did our little uh, nightclub analogy. But we talked about uh, who would get to the, the superstar nightclub. Um, and I, I said no Memphis cats could get in because they don't have any superstars. But this is a heck of a squad, man. This is a heck of a team. Yeah. Uh, they got OKC on the ropes. And uh, shout-out to Kevin Durant. This brother's doing a little bit of everything. Um, you know, we, again, we talk about Melo and not being able to affect the game when he's not scoring. Durant scoring. He's selling popcorn. You know he's parking cars. You know he he's he's cleaning toilets. He's doing everything for this squad. Um, the one cat who's on alert though is uh your boy Ibaka. Can somebody put the ATP out on search Ibaka? Can we get Charles Ramsey? Can we get Charles Ramsey see if he could uh, find you know the cat to find them girls in Cleveland? Can we get Charles Ramsey to see if he could find Serge Ibaka? <laughs> Durant. 
I think OKC's management has proven themselves fully capable of constructing a winning team and a manageable organization. So I, I, don't, I don't think you can knock them for letting Harden walk because they didn't want to pay that man max dollars knowing they couldn't pay Surge. Who knows what, what Harden would be as a third option behind Westbrook and Durant with no Obaka to back him up defensively. So I think you got to give OKC's management a pass in that regard. I'm not, I'm not even blaming the management. I personally, I'm, 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 let me clarify, I'm not blaming the management. I'm just saying the boxer's got to play better, period. Yeah. He's got to, I mean, he's getting a check. He's getting a check. He's got to play better. That's, that's what I'm calling out. I'm not calling out management. I'm calling out, I'm calling out Surge. Hold on. So he's getting a check and he's got to play better. D. Rose is getting double the check he's getting and he's fully healthy. He's just not mentally right, but he shouldn't play? Come on, man. No, he shouldn't. But Serge is playing. playing. But Serge is playing. playing. And if you are playing, you need to get it together. You need to get it together. You out there. If you roll was out there, listen, if D. Rose was out there, if D. Rose was out there and he wasn't playing well, which I think has an impact on his decision. I'm mentally scared of Miami. If D. Rose was on the court and he was playing and not playing well, I would say he need to go sit down. Either he's not healthy. Or whatever, he need to go sit down. Or he's mentally scared he of LeBron playing. James. He's not Miami. playing because he's not right. If something's wrong with Serge, then Serge should go to sit down too. But ain't nothing wrong with him. You play, well, again, if you playing, you playing. If you're not playing, then you're not playing. It's simple as that. Everybody knows if you're injured and you decide to play, once you step on that court, nobody want to hear about your injury no more. But you agree with everybody. Been, we all been in the locker room. We know how that goes. Once you step on the court, then you're ready to go. If you ain't ready to go, don't get on that court. Then I like guys on the court. I like guys like Steph Curry who played through injuries. I like guys like Joakim Noah. That might cost injury. I don't want nobody to sit out because they got an injury that they could play through. Derrick Rose can play through. He just doesn't have the right mental fortitude to fight through it and play through. Derrick Rose is off to me as a quitter at the moment, and I don't like. We're not talking about we 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 did Derrick Rose, man. We're trying to talk about Oklahoma City. We talking about Ibaka. Back to Rose. Ibaka is healthy, eating three square meals a day. He 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 ready to go. He misses open jump shots. He's having a James Harden and he's another catch. And he's another catch. What happened to Kevin Martin? What happened to Kevin Martin? Disappearing. Looking for him. He's disappearing as well. It's shameful what he's doing. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm looking for him. You know, I'm looking for him. So well, yeah, right said, now, Durant is holding it down, and a lot of cat, a the lot other of cats at OKC are are kind of uh, no shows right now. Um, but I think part of that is them, and part of that is Memphis. Uh, Memphis is playing a brand of basketball that, that that nobody wants to deal with. Man, you don't want to deal Kalano with those Howell cats. Get some love. Kalano Howard gets some love. Yeah, man. The brother, the brother's Howell. doing his thing. He's as his much thing, love man. as Lionel Hollins deserves, my love goes to Russell Westbrook. I think that that his value has, has forever been overshadowed. I've had him as a top five point guard since we started that conversation. I think a couple of you guys possibly have Rondo ahead of him for that five spot, maybe even above that. I like Rondo. I like Westbrook at the I like five. Rondo. 
I feel like Rondo. So I ain't gonna. I feel I like Westbrook, crazy. and I think that Westbrook's value. But it, now is being—it's finally being respected given OKC's less than dominant performance in the playoffs. I think that the absence of of Westbrook elevates his stock a little bit. But they would this, is what, I, this is what anyway. I'll say to that point. This is what I'll say to that point. This is why I paused on that conversation. I'm really not trying to get into the Westbrook battle between the Westbrook haters and the Westbrook lovers because I don't think this is this. I don't think this sways the argument either way, actually, this particular scenario. Because I think what what the Westbrook haters have been saying is that if you traded Westbrook for a Rondo, if you traded him for another point guard, then Oklahoma City would be better. What's happened in this scenario is you've got nothing for him. And, yeah, you take a top five, you take what I think is a top ten, seven, eight player in the league off of any team, and there's going to be some drop-offs. It ain't going to be the same squad. So I think this is a push when it comes to that particular argument. I do agree with your point, though, Justin. For anybody who doubted Westbrook's value, it's completely evident that he has a ton of value to this squad. You know what I mean? Like you can't – like for the Westbrook haters that want to say this cat just – he messes everything up. and You you can't say that. You can't, you can't just wholeheartedly say that. Now, you can argue that that may be a better fit skill-wise, skill set-wise and everything, but this particular – crew, but you can't deny that Westbrook is a bad dude. I mean, he's a bad man when he's on the court, and he impacts the game, point blank, period. So I've kind of viewed this as a push when it comes to that whole debate around Westbrook. What I will say is it's a different squad when he ain't out there. That's that's a fact. (laughs) You can't debate that. Let me ask you this without changing the subject in its entirety. Give me your top five point guards in the league, and then we can move on. My top five, CP3 is number one. Um, I go Tony Parker, number two right now. I like Westbrook. That. Westbrook is three. Woo! I love it. I'd have to go a healthy Rose as four, and Kyrie Ooh. is my five. <laughs> really? Yeah. I love that look, top five. Look, 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 we're going to have to move on because we're going to be talking about that top five. We're going to get in a Devon, can we get before. yours before we move on, my friend? I, I, before we move on, we're not going to debate it. We're not going to debate it. I have many calls with it other than D. Will not being in there. But I love his top we, five. We're taking it. We're taking it. The fact that Rondo's not in there, and I've been saying that for the past three seasons, and I've been getting ridiculed from all of my constituents. D Will, quick, just give me your top five. We won't debate it. He just want to hear. Well, I I I agree with CP3 at uh, uh, at one. Um, I, I would um, I I would I would agree with Parker at two. Um, I would probably put a healthy D Rose at three, um, and then. Um, I, I could see Westbrook for me at four, then Rondo at five. Okay, we're not debating. <laughs> we're not debating, all right? He laid it out. He laid it out. We're going to move on. Go to State, San Antonio. Um, and I, 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 I just want to give you guys one take I have on this particular series, um, and that is with the Steph Curry situation and the ankle. Um, Steph's got an ankle situation. 
Um, again, Brandon Roy just got released on 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 earlier early over the weekend. Twenty eight years old, chronic knees, arthritic knees, a condition that just wasn't going to improve. Um, enjoy what you're seeing with Steph Curry, listeners, RSG family, listeners out there. Enjoy what you're seeing with Steph Curry because I don't think we'll see it again. I think over time injuries are going to, or are going to really take a toll on this kid's career. And he's not going to be this dynamic. He's still going to play in the league. He's got a be- he's got one of the best shots we've ever seen. So he'll find a way to be functional. But as far as being dominant, like he's been dominant and been able to dominate in this series, I mean, it dude's putting on a show. His handle is ridiculous, and being able to shoot that jump shot off the bounce like he does is ridiculous. But that ankle bothers me, man. It worries me because it's one of those injuries that will cut short or limit a guy's peak. He's still going to be a good ball player, but it's one of those things that doesn't seem like it's going to go away. So don't expect this as the norm from Steph Curry over a period of time unless that ankle gets right. If the ankle gets right and they can figure out a way to to get it so that it's not a chronic problem, then the sky's the limit for Curry. I mean, he 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 could do some things that we haven't seen as far as the way he scores, the way he he controls the game. Um, I mean, it's really like it, it's almost like Chris Johnson, CJ Two K in football, where you have a running back who at any moment can take the ball to the house. You give it to him at the ten, he take it ninety yards. That's what Steph is like. The minute he crosses half court, it's yikes! <laughs> Get your hands up. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Get your hands up and challenge. Be ready to contest because the cat can pull from anywhere off the bounce. And it's a beautiful shot. But I just want people to make sure that you appreciate what you're seeing right now. And, you know, as long as that ankle's bothering, don't expect it to be the norm, in my opinion, because I think, I think we have to enjoy what we're seeing because we may not get to see this on a regular basis from him. This may be a glimpse of his potential and his his ceiling, but we may never get to see it again. So that's my one take on this series. I'm going to turn it over to you, fellas. Justin, what's your take on the series? Bears, uh, uh, Warriors. My My take on the series is that, well, I want to digress just just for one moment because I didn't get a chance to get my top five. I'm not going to debate if you will. <laughs> I couldn't just let that ride without saying that it's blasphemous to not have Deron Williams and or Steph Curry in that top five, you know, especially compared to a Rondo post-ACL tier. So, you know, I respect both of you guys' lists, but, you know, I may put Steph or D. Will at the five instead of Rondo. I respect your, both of y'all's top fours. Game changes your top fives. Uh, so with that said, um, you, Steph, you, still, you still took a shot. Uh, are we gonna let it go? <laughs> hey, call it what you want. I, I'm not gonna. I'm not here to debate it. I, I respect it. <laughs> I love this man. You listen to the real sports guys, baby. You know, I, I, I respect it. You can't I'm, be in the top five if you get two coaches fired. Oh, 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 we're going there. We're going there. That's not – I thought we weren't going to debate it. You're the one that didn't want to debate. You're going to say, I respect your top four. I let's respect, let's respect our we viewers here and not debate we because we said we were going then. And let's Put move on to the next, if you don't mind. Put your top five in. Put your top five in. Now, now – I like Steph. I like Steph in this series, ankle injury or not. I think that 
you know, he's showing us why he's as great as he is, and I would put him up there with the top five point guards in the NBA, especially in this series, because he's showing Tony Parker just how old Tony Parker is, and in our eyes, he really is not. So while Tony Parker is in everybody's top five, I think Steph is making a case why he should be in there based on this series alone. I respect Mark Jackson and his opinion about the best backcourt shooting tandem of all time in in Clay and and Steph because you know you think about it you know you you rarely have two guards that can shoot lights out where you can't double the post because you're so worried about the one and the two shooting that three so I do respect Mark Jackson by saying that the Golden State has the best backcourt shooting tandem of all time and I think that they're giving San Antonio fits that they didn't anticipate however I gotta go with the veterans I gotta go with the past champions I gotta go with the Hall of Fame coach my money's on San Antonio in seven you know I predicted Golden State to do great things as did Game Changer in our pre-draft radio show damn near a year ago at this time, and I think it's proven true. However, I think their their, their luck has run out. I think Mark Jackson should have got coach of the year and and not uh, George Carl. But I, I really respect what Golden State is doing, and I think they're going to push San Antonio to the brinks. But I think San Antonio is a much better matchup for the Miami Heat in the NBA Finals than anybody else, including the Memphis Grizzlies. And I'm hoping that they get through because I think their fundamental style of play can beat anybody. However, my money's on Miami, but I think San Antonio will give them the, the, the best run for their money. Thoughts, comments, okay. concerns? Okay, okay. D-Wills. D-Wills, any, 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 anything. You got anything to say? Uh, I think Justin broke that down really well. What I would say, and I remind folks, uh, I did call for Mark Jackson coach year, and I, I did uh, – uh, have uh, uh, Gold State making the playoffs on the same show, so I, I think I came in with the fellas on that one. But I'll say this. What we're seeing is a coach growing up, and we're seeing a team growing up. Uh, Gangs, I don't know what's going to happen with Steph, but I like the way this team, um, the guy who surprised me who's grown up, because I had some doubts when he came out of Carolina, is, is Harrison Barnes. And that has a lot to do with Mark Jackson giving him confidence, growing him. But that kid's got potential. He's realized the potential I, I thought he had. I didn't know if he had the dog in him. And he's showing some dog. Um, they're going to scrap. Um, and it's hard to bet against them. Even though I'm with the veterans, but I think even the even – it's kind of like when uh, Apollo Creed looked across that Rocky and realized he was getting up again. You remember that time he shook his head? It was like, dang, we tried to knock him out. He's still getting up. He's coming back. These kids keep coming back. Um, and anytime you can shoot like they can shoot, you always in it. Jared Jack, somebody better get him. New York, pick him up. Somebody better get him. Uh, he is a cat that plays hard, expression never changes. I love Golden State. Um, I just I just feel like Ginobili's going to make a play, and I'm going to have to text Ginobili out loud. He's going to do something down the stretch. He bound to make a big play, and I feel like that's going to get it in the end. But um, I think this is too close to call. I might get a slight head to the vets. 
Okay, okay. Well, last point on this particular series. I love the atmosphere in Oakland. Um, they should just have games oh, there. Oh, my goodness. Um, man, it, it gets hype, man. Oaktown representing, man, uh, they, they, they bring it at the Oracle. So, uh, shout out to the Oakland fans. Get loose. <laughs> Get loose. Uh, so we're going to move on. Uh, we're going to jump in and talk a little bit of Tiger Woods for a moment, man. And we want to get into this. Uh, Tiger Tiger gets it in this weekend. Uh, he gets another W. Um, I think it's his fourth win in seven tournaments. Um, so he's kind of got his mojo back as far as just getting victories. Now, the key is he's got to start to pick up some majors um, before the mainstream media really jumps back in. Um, you know, they're in because he sells tickets. So they they watch. But I think before they get to uh, riding his coattails like they were before, he's got to, he's got to pull down a major victory. Um, Justin, what's your take on, on Tiger's performance this weekend and whether or not you feel like Tiger's back in the fold uh, as far as his dominant self. Is he more dominant or, or less dominant than he was, uh, say, you know, six, seven years ago? I would, I would argue this. I don't know if he's back to that stage in his career because he was unbeatable back then, and he was in his prime, and I don't know that that's ever – recoverable, for lack of a better word. You know, I think that if you look at Tiger's history, he's four wins shy of Sam Snead's record of overall golf tournament wins. He's four for seven in his last tournament. He's won Sawgrass recently when he never did that in the past. So I think that he's back to some degree, but he'll never be his dominant self that he ever was. I think that a, a, a big uh, kudos to Tiger was that he overcame adversity. Tiger, you know, he, he, he had his challenges. He overcame his challenges. He accepted his challenges. He let the world know about his challenges. And now, you know, he, he's got a new relationship that has him in a mentally stable place. He's got, you know, an equally accomplished Olympian on his, on his, uh, you know, elbow, for lack of a better word. They're rubbing elbows with the right people. I think that his his physical and mental state with his new companion has everything to do with the success of his golf career as of late. And I think that he's going to win several majors this year. I think he's going to catch Jack eventually. I think Sam Snead is a wrap for his records. And, I, you know, as somebody who's not perfect and has made mistakes, I feel like I relate to Tiger more now than ever before. And I feel like his success makes me feel as if I can succeed moving forward because of all the challenges he went through. In the public light, and I think that it should be commended, everything that Tiger's been through and the success he's having right now. 
I think the best is yet to come for Tiger. I think he's going to surpass Jack. I think he's going to surpass Sam Snead, and I think he's going to be the best ever. D. Wills, you got you, Justin raised some good points. Tiger can't get back to where he was because he was so dominant. But the idea that, that Tiger is kind of in a better spot mentally, <laughs> talking about the mental part of the game again, um, that Tiger's mentally in a better place, which is allowing him to experience some of the success again. And just to get some of that mojo back, as Justin pointed out, he was murking people left and right back in the day, man. It, it, it's hard to just get back to that, but you can get pretty close. And it seems like he's starting to inch pretty close to back where he used to be. What's your assessment of where Tiger is right now, if you will? First of all, first of all I want to say, Justin, that was some great analysis of Tiger's situation. I do want to commend you on that. That was that was I was like I was about to just go to the corner and wait after that. That was some good stuff. Well, <laughs> let me start out there. We got another. We got another set. We both, all of us, we are basketball heads. I want to say it's the Sergio ball. Don't lie. Ball don't lie. Ball don't all lie. Excuses. <laughs> all that excuses. Ball don't lie. That, that's what we learned on the hoop court. Your ball found that water. Quit crying. That's what I'm person. That's why I know he's back. All that crying and whining they're doing right now. This is what I knew Tiger. Tiger is, uh, and I think Justin broke it down, but I think in this day and age with nutrition, weight training, clubs, everything else, Tiger's got some good years in him, and he's going to catch Jack. But this is when I knew Tiger was back, when I heard reports of him falling down the stairs drunk and his girlfriend was right there. And that's not a great thing, but it told me that he loosened up. It told me, if you look at his reaction when he won the tournament, he let you see a side of him with the camera on that most people don't see. He's just like, forget it, I'm back. And and anybody who's gone through something, at a certain point you start to come out of it and you start to try and find, you like you start to decide, look, i got to move forward what it is, what it is, and I need to figure out how to move forward. And he's comfortable in his own skin. When he first came out of that incident, he was not comfortable in his own skin. He wasn't comfortable in front of the cameras. Now you see a, he's a little edgy. He's, he's going at Sergio. And uh, so I, I think he's back. Can he go on a run um, like he he did when he was younger? No, but I think he can do enough and put together enough majors over the next three or four years that it will feel like a run. I mean, he's doing stuff right now that these cats were all Justin and all these guys, they were saying we're really good. I mean, they haven't put together runs like he's put together. And he's, he had to go to the bottom and come back up. And so, you know, I think he's back. And Tiger being back the way he is now is still better than most players in the world. Yeah, I got to agree with you on that, man. Uh, you know, Ball they better watch out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sergio, yeah, Sergio man, I just kind of laughed at this little dude, man. You know, this cat, this, this cat's crying and whining, and I don't know, man. Foreigners laughing. If foreigners crying, just come on, man, suck it up and move on. Yep, they cheered, you know. It, it wasn't all of that, man. I mean, is, is your, is, is, again, is your mental toughness that fragile? If it is, then, you know, it is what it is, bro. But you, you that's why you got to make your major. shot. You got to make your shot, dog. That's right. <laughs> that's your water. shot. Looking yeah. like me on the course. Yeah. I looked at Sergio and said, that's me. Going in the water <laughs> twice. Trying to, try to macho up instead of going to the drop zone. <laughs> I'm going to try right. to get over. I'm going to get it over. I can do it. Right. I'm going to pull out a leather iron. <laughs> I laughed. All right. I was like, that's karma. That's karma right there. Right there. 
Yeah, you're listening to the Real Sports Guys, realsportsguys.com, RSG, Renegade Radio. We're about to go into the speed round. We got about 15 minutes, fellas. We're going to talk NFL draft talks. Um, we're going to talk NFL draft talks, uh, but we're going to go real quick through these. We're going to hit you with some with, with, with five on the blackhand side, a little something like this here. Give me a moment to get this sound queued up. Got to get your sound right. Where's it at? Where's it at? We got the board back in full effect. Last week the board was flipping out on us. Didn't really appreciate that, but here you go right here. Five, uh, five, uh, uh, on the black hand side. Uh, yes, sir. Five, we got the uh, five, uh, uh, on the black hand side. <laughs> Had to hit it twice. Had to hit it twice. Had to hit it twice. Yes, sir. Uh, so, we're going to talk NFL draft. Uh, first up, question, I'm going to throw it to D. Wills. Uh, I'm going to give each of you a question. One person's talking. That's it. I'm going I'm going strict right now. I'm going Catholic school on y'all. One person's talking. Let's get hit with a ruler. All right? So, we got D. Wills. Which team or organization handled the process the best as far Ooh. as the NFL draft? Okay. Uh, there were a couple. There were a couple of good teams I thought handled it um, uh, really well, but I'm gonna go with a team. I'm gonna go with a team that I think had just had some some struggles in recent years, and you can see Jeff Fisher's print all over this. You know, I thought the Rams uh, handled their draft pretty well in the sense that I think they they got all their needs. Um, you know, I, I kind of you know you know me initially with uh, uh, Austin. I was I was I was. Uh, he wasn't sure what kind of receiver. He's a great speed receiver, but I think it just gives them someone who can stretch the field um, that I like. Ogletree, but, you know, he's a guy, you know, he's had his issues, but he's a linebacker. This guy can play. He can get uh, – he can cover a lot of ground. So I think that he, he, that's a big kind of upgrade uh, on defense uh, that they did. Yeah. I also like – and this is a guy that I think is going to be a pro bar. He's a guy I'll talk about later. So I, don't, I don't understand why he doesn't get much love as an offensive lineman uh, with the Barrett Jones. I thought Barrett Jones um, is uh, going to be an uh, anchor in, in, uh, on, uh, in a pro bowler. I think he'll be a pro bowler by the time he's his second or third year. Uh, this is a guy who can play. But I think throughout their picks, I thought they, they did a pretty good job. Given where they are as an organization, I thought they got some solid pieces. Okay, okay. So now we go on. We're gonna leave that there. We're gonna leave that there. All right. We got. We got. We press the time, so we want to keep this rolling. All right. So now we gonna to go to question number two and five on the black hand side. Justin Page, best player and team fit. Go. I wish I would have taken that one. Uh, I, I, I had to, <laughs> to say you gave uh, uh, Devon my 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 question. You know my question. Previously, so I'll answer this one. The best player? Ooh, I got a couple. Ah, it's it's just so difficult to say. However, I honestly, and there's no bias to this. I think the Philadelphia Eagles got the best player in Matt Barkley with the USC Trojans quarterback. I honestly think he's going to be, you know, 
this is not the year of the quarterback. You got, you know, every quarterback drafted was second round and beyond. I think Matt Barkley is the second coming of Tom Brady, and he's going, you know, Chip Kelly in Philly, he faced Matt Barkley year after year. He knows his skill set. I honestly believe that Matt Barkley is the best quarterback taken in this draft, and I think that he's going to be the most surprising and best player out of this entire draft come two, three years from now. Maybe even next year when Mike Vick gets hurt, because he always does. <laughs> now, see, I'm, I, we got to let it go. That's I, I laid down the rules. We got to let it be. That's no an interesting pick, though. That's <laughs> an interesting pick. That's gutsy. All right. D. Wills, number three, best value pick. Great talent that was drafted well below their value. Who you got? I, I would say there, there are some good ones. Uh, the, the one I was, I was talking about, Barrett Jones, but I'll leave that one alone. I'll come back. Taylor, the kid from Stanford, Cardinals got him in the fifth round. Uh, this guy's a solid running back. Uh, depending on where they go, I think, you know, to get him in the fifth round, I think he's a good value. Um, and, uh, you know, he's played in a, a pro-style offense. Uh, he's been successful. Um, I, I think this is a kid in the fifth round. I, I think that's good value. Okay, okay, okay. So Devon went pretty quick with that one. So, Justin, do you have a, a, a guy – in this particular, for this particular uh, category, I'll let you throw one in, but you got to be brief. Real brief. Uh, second round, uh, Green Bay Packers, Trent, uh, not Trent Richardson. I'll call him Baby Trent Richardson and uh, uh, Lacey, the boy. Oh, that was the pick. Yeah. Me, you, it, for him to fall to the second round is blasphemous. You know, uh, either or is it, blasphemous. He should have been a first-round pick, but however – all the ESPN reps and all the scouts say, oh, don't pick a running back in the first round because their shelf life is X, Y, Z. I think Lacey is Trent Richardson Jr. out of Alabama, and I think that he's going – Green Bay, when they had a running back, they won the Super Bowl. Ever since they got rid of their running back, they haven't even really been contenders in the playoffs. With Lacey, I think that makes Green Bay a contender. I think that was the best overall pick in the entire draft. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and on top of his talent falling to the second round, I think what also was unfair was that he went to the Packers, which is already a loaded offensive squad. You had another offensive piece. I agree with you. Great pick. All right. Now, D. Will, uh, no, Justin, you get number four. The what the hell were they thinking pick? <laughs> <laughs> who blew no, I'm gonna answer that. I'm gonna answer that honestly. My wife asked me earlier. She saw my notepad. She said, "What is the WTF on your paper?" Guess <laughs> <laughs> what? Consistent what I've said over the past 18 months I've been on this show. The Dallas Cowboys. Who? And I'm sorry, Devon. I know you're a Wisconsin man, but who the hell is Travis Fr- Frederick? The center that they found, the bull was supposed to be a fourth round, or they picked him in the first round, or they get Jerry Jones serious? Yo, the Dallas Cowboys giving Tony Romo that cash, paying this fourth round center, first round money. They are the worst franchise in the history of pro sports, and they don't have a damn clue. And they won't get a clue until Jerry Jones hires a general manager who knows what the hell he's doing. So, 
I my WTF what the F U C K goes to the Dallas Cowboys and Travis Frederick as their first round pick as a center from the wonderful establishment of the Wisconsin Badgers. Coming from a true Big Ten fan. I, 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 I said that too, and I, I like him. I was like, I, I, I thought I was like, this is a little too high. <laughs> I like him. I was like, that was I don't know what kind of pick they were picking. They could have gotten him in the second, third, fourth round. Yeah, I agree. All right, all right, all right. So now we're going to wrap up this edition of Five on the Black Hand Side. All right, last one, D. Wills, you get this one. Late round all pro. Which guy? Drafted round four through seven is most likely to become an all pro. This is easy. Bear Jones, Alabama with the Rams. Uh, they compare him to Bruce Matthews. This is a guy who played multiple positions at Alabama, um, was all SEC, I think, as a sophomore, second team. Um, he's clearly the heart and soul of that team. He just knows how to play football, and uh, he's clearly going to be an all pro. Okay, okay. Justin, you got one? Late round all pro. I actually agree with that pick. Uh, that was on the same guy. So I'm a huge okay. Alabama supporter. I'm not a fan, I'm a supporter. So All right, all right. I couldn't What's the agree difference? more with What's the difference between a fan and a supporter? I'm just asking. Uh, I don't really like the SEC, but it's all I see given that I live in Atlanta, Georgia. Oh, yeah, you, yeah, you in the throes of it, bro. You can't SEC, get away from it. I get the SEC championship every year. You know, I get the Chick-fil-A kickoff every year, which is ACC, SEC teams. And I, I, I'm enamored with University of Georgia, University of Alabama rhetoric every single day in my day-to-day living. So I'm an SEC guy in that regard. Okay, okay. All right. So, you know, we're at that point in the show. That wraps up that edition of uh, Five on the Black Hand Side. You listen to the Real Sports Guys, realsportsguys.com, RSG, Renegade Radio. Show's winding down. We got about seven, eight minutes left for you. Uh, we're going to pay a few bills real quick. Uh, and it goes a little something like this. Now, we're going to get into our Resistance Digital Dog of the Week. Resistance Digital Solutions. Are you tired of running to the boys in blue? Are you done with listening to sales staff trying to upgrade technology that you don't need? We've all been there. So, what did the real sports guys do? We contacted Resistance Digital Solutions for all our technology needs. They are not there to meet sales quotas or make profit margins. They simply just want to sell you what you need at a fair price. From iPads to PCs to flat screens, TVs, or intricate home theater systems, they customize every solution based on your needs. Check out their website at www.resistancedigital.com or email them at sales at resistancedigital.com for your custom technology solutions today. All right. So we're going to get into the Resistance Digital Dog of the Week. All right. So we're going to jump right in, fellas. Uh, my man, Justin, you know how it goes. We need more dogs. Man, I love this part of the show every week. I usually come with something valuable. 
I'm a little bit at a, at a disadvantage this week because, you know, I could give it to so many people. So I am going to hop out on a ledge. Now, my Redditions Digital Dog of the Week is Tom Thibodeau, man. He called out the MVP of the league for flopping. He he called out LeBron James, the king as we know him, for that BS. You know, yeah, he should have fell, but the aggressiveness in which he fell was a bit absurd in my eyes. And I understand where Tom, Tom Thibodeau is coming from. So my redistance digital dog of the week is Coach Tibbs. Okay, we got Tibbs in the house, dog of the week. Last All right. week was named yeah, hey. Tibbs. Did, 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 Homer. did Brian, I want to throw this out to defense. Did Brian lose any points with you for following like that? <laughs> At, no, I mean, then we got problems. We're going to talk about it off the air. I, 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 I I, that stuff is all a part of the game. I mean, Noah flops like that all the time. So I, I, I mean, I, it's it's fun. Chicago people are funny. They're now they complained about the bad boys for years, and now they're trying to be the poor man's version. They, they kill. Oh, 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 that was a dagger. I'll listen. That was a dagger straight from Michigan through the heart of Chicago. Yeah, but they 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 they, they want to be the bad boys complained for years, and now they now they root. I kill Chicago people with that. Yeah. <laughs> okay, okay. Well, D. Wills, you know how it goes. We need Y'all no relevant. <laughs> I, I, hey, it, it, for me, it's easy. It's a young upstart. I'm, I'm just going to give it to the whole team. Warriors come out to play. Them young boys, I, I just, I'm glued. I just love watching them. Like I'm addicted to watching them. I love the way they play. I love the coach. I love the I love the Oracle. I love everything about it. I'm about to about to go get me a, 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 a Barry jersey throwback uh, kind of jersey. Feel like I can hit threes, but I, the Warriors, man, and I, I would give it to Mark Jackson. I think he's doing an incredible job. But the entire team and how they're buying in and, and battling San Antonio. That's my team. Okay, okay. And that falls in line with my dog of the week. I'm going to go ahead and hit us off with it. We need more dogs. You know, my dog of the week is Mark Jackson. Um, Every time they have the little mic'd up clips on TNT or ESPN, they they play a clip of Mark Jackson saying some real, just like insightful, on-point stuff to his team. And the way he talks to his guys, the way he kind of is real with them, um, the way he kind of – helps that young group and understand the moment. You know, he's kind of like a, a vet, a, a player almost, who's not so mm-hmm. much coaching. He's just kind of guiding, you know what I mean? And it's, 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 it's masterful to watch because he's saying all the right stuff to his squad to help them understand the moment so that they don't get caught up in the moment. Um, it's, it's really great coaching. Um, it's really a great job that he's doing right now. And, you know, he's playing a big part and that team uh, being as successful as they are. Um, and what's crazy is, you know, I wasn't sure how I was going to go with Mark Jackson going into the, going from the booth right to the coaching seat, man. But it's worked out. It, it's crazy because you don't see a lot of cats make that transition with not having any experience on the bench other than playing and then going in 
and, and being an actual good coach straight out of the booth. It's, 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 a, it's an interesting thing, man. Very interesting, very interesting. But I, I've appreciated watching Mark Jackson do his thing on the sideline, man. Um, there's some good coaching going on in these playoffs. That's the other piece, I think, that, that gets exposed oh, yeah. a little bit. Who can coach and who can't? I mean, you talk, yeah. I mean, Dustin, you talk about Thibs. I mean, he's got he's got the Bulls balling. Um, he's got he's he, I mean he's get I mean he's getting everything out of those guys. They dusted off Rip Hamilton last game, um, and I hadn't seen I, I I didn't even know Rip was still in the league. <laughs> you know, I thought he was in Israel or China somewhere. Um, but he's trying. They, they they're working real hard to get what they can out of their guys. Um, you know, Spolstra has really turned the corner as a coach. You know, Woodson is doing what he can with what he got. Uh, Lionel Hollins, great coach. Frank Vogel's a decent coach in Indiana, solid coach. Yep. You know, Scotty Brooks has got talent. He's, you know, he's, he's a decent coach. So, coaching is coaching is important. Coaching is important. Any parting shots y'all want to drop, fellas, before we close this one out? Go ahead and get into it. Uh, yeah, I, I just want to say this. It, it was a good night, Justin. You always bring energy, brother. I always appreciate it. And, uh, we're about to set up another uh, extended funky editorial. Extended. We're gonna put the, we're gonna put it together for the, for the next round of the playoffs. It's gonna get deep. Talk y'all been waiting for. The Kobe talk. About to put Uh oh. Can't wait. Can't Kobe, wait. Don't take your mama to, to court. Don't take your mama. Man, it, 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 keeps, it, it keeps getting worse with this cat, man. It keeps getting worse. <laughs> you really say Kobe talk, ladies and gentlemen. Granny had to do an affidavit. What's this all about? Hey, I can't I'm wait. I can't do after hours tonight, fellas, but book me for another show in the next month or so. We'll, 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 we'll iron all that BS out. Yeah, we're we going to chop it up. We're going to chop it up. But who can't get along with their mom? Come on, Kobe. Who can't get along with their mom? Cut that out. Who can't get along with real... Kobe is who I got a problem with. <laughs> <laughs> you guys, the Real Sports Guys, signing off. Catch us next week. Same time, same place. Peace. Yeah, yeah.